Hey, I'm usually at the U of O campus on Sunday mornings, and I'm missing those guys over there, but it's really great to be with you guys. And I just need to let you know right off the bat, I have no idea what the Ducks did yesterday. No clue. I don't even know what's going on in the NFL right now. All I know is that the, the Charlotte Panthers lost a couple weeks ago. That's about all I know. But uh, I'm, I'm just not that spiritual of a guy, okay? So, yeah. But to keep with tradition, I am going to give you something this morning. And yes, you guessed it, a Smelzer's Kid story. Can we do that? Okay. I want to just uh, let you know that a couple, last year, Jake and Bethany got a new house. And, and uh, Jake said, hey, I want to show you my new office. And, uh, and it had it's something interesting. It was like one pink wall, one green wall, and one yellow wall. And I says, I can help you with this. So I went in to paint, paint his office and his and so uh, I'm getting set up to paint, and Evie walks in, and she goes, oh, and with her hands on her hips, you know, who are you? Uh, I'm Mike. I'll be your painter for the next couple of days. I'm going to be painting this office. Okay. And so, so I'm like, wow. And she goes, she looks at me real serious, and she goes, I'm keeping my eye on you. And I said, okay. So then she comes back in about 10 minutes. She goes, oh, yeah, by the way, when you're done here, I'd like you to paint a castle on my bedroom door, just down the hall. And I, I actually never painted the castle. I think we still have an issue here. But, uh, but then a couple weeks later, I got the office done. It looked really great. Uh, Jack, you know, little Jack, comes up and says, hey, you know you did my dad's office, right? He says, I need to let you know something. He put speakers in there. Speakers. There's actual speakers. I said, speakers? Yeah. Speakers. Wow. So, so it's amazing to be around these guys. Don't you love those, that family and their kids? They're awesome. Yeah. But, uh, wow, speakers. Yeah. But uh, as you saw by the video, we're going to continue the minimal series. How many listened to Jake's message last week? Was that awesome or what? Anybody motivated to go home and try really hard to do less? Okay, that was what it was all about. And, you know, the old idea of margins was really just a an eye-opening thing. If we can get the margins of focus, the margins of time, and the margins of rest, not only do you think we're going to manage our life better, but we're actually maybe going to enjoy it more, you think? So that was an awesome message. And, uh, but he said, one of the things he wants us to do is create a list of five essentials in your life. Anybody do that this week? You created your list of five essentials? Some guy said, well, I was told to do less, so I never got to that. So, But... Uh, but he said, get five, five essentials, and I think we can all agree that number one on the list should be our relationship with God. Is that right? Do you, do you think you agree with that? Relationship with Jesus is, is number one. I mean, he is the big deal on this planet. There really isn't anything else. There's a lot of stuff out there, but he is. Uh, the Bible talks about him being the preeminent one. And so we want to understand this idea of relationship with Jesus, and in our context, that relationship is developed on something that we call prayer. Prayer. Now, I've had, you know, some people just kind of go, oh, prayer. Okay. And can I just kind of relieve the pressure in the room right now? This is not about you being shamed on not doing a good enough job in prayer. You're not doing enough prayer, and you're not doing a good enough job. That's none of that today. We tend to put prayer in the same category as like watching your cholesterol and going to the gym, and going to the dentist, or, you know, we can all do better, right? But can I just, 
encourage you that that's not what it's about today? Actually, what it's about is, can we all just agree just to go to the next level in this thing called prayer? Just bump it up one notch. Can we all handle that? Okay, so that's what we're talking about today. No more condemnation or heaviness about this, okay? But but what I want to do is I want to take a new look at prayer. You know, it's 2018 has just kicked around. Can you believe it? Goodness sakes, 2018. And so let's take a look at this thing called prayer and maybe have a new, look at it with new eyes. Can we do that? Hallelujah. I've been doing prayer trainings around the world. Like I said, we, we were in Scotland. I was in Berlin, Germany in September doing some, pray, some training with Berlin House of Prayer, and that was exciting. And going different places. I've been to Cambodia and all these other crazy countries. I but I love Scotland. It's great, you know. Any Scots in the room? Okay, I know Scott Sinclair's here somewhere, so. Okay. But uh, I've had the, the great privilege of being referred to a lot as the prayer guy. I'll use the prayer guy. And at first, I used to kind of bother me because there's other things I do, you know. I, I talk about other things and stuff. But now I, I take that as a, a badge of honor because it's just such an amazing honor to be referred to as the prayer guy, the guy that actually does this thing called prayer. And it's not about me being a special guy. This whole thing about prayer is for all of us at some level. And so I just want to talk about that this morning. Let's take a a new look at this whole thing about prayer. Hallelujah. And let's begin to change the way we think about prayer. Can we do that? First thing I want to give you about prayer is you need to understand that it is essential, not optional. Essential, not not optional. If you want to live the Christian life to its fullest, if you want to walk this thing out with Jesus for the rest of your days, prayer has to be a part of it. There isn't any other way to go. There isn't this thing called prayer that you go, oh, you know, if I have enough time or if I can fit that in, maybe I'll, I'll try to do that. No, we need to make it a priority. We need to make it an actual part of our daily life. So we need to, I want to look at, here's our main verse we want to look at in, uh, in Acts. You know, in the book of Acts, they were establishing the church, and they were actually setting some precedent about what it is like to be believers following Jesus. And this is what it says in Acts 2.42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the sharing of meals. I really like that part, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. You know, the fellowship part in there, they were meeting in the temple and they were meeting from house to house. Now, in our context today, meeting from house to house is joy groups. Who here is part of a joy group? All right, if you're not, go to the next table and find out what this whole thing is all about because you need to be plugged in and you need to be connected to the body. And that's the, one of, that's the primary way, really, of getting connected in. And so they, but they also were really all about prayer. Prayer was a big deal in the first century church. Here's another verse about prayer. This is talking about Jesus here. It says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story. Any King James people here, that would be called a parable. That's a, Jesus told a parable. Okay. He, I like story myself. He told a story to show that they should always pray and not lose heart. You know, if us as believers could get a hold of that, if we could always pray and not lose heart, you couldn't stop us for the rest of our days. I'll tell you what, it's amazing. So what I want you to understand is, if I can do this thing called prayer, 
Anybody could do this. When I came to Jesus in 1975, I was a high school kid, racked with insecurity, fear, rejection mentality, inferiority, all these things. And I remember I was in this, in this Bible study with some other teenagers. And you ever been in a, in a group when you're sitting on the floor? I don't know why we always sat on the floor in the 70s. Anybody remember those days? Sit on the floor, okay. But you ever been in one of those meetings where they're praying out loud and it's coming around to you? And I go, oh, no, here it comes. Like it's the next guy, and then that's the next guy, and then the guy next to me is praying, and I'm going, I gotta say something next. And so this is actually how it happened, no exaggeration. So when it got to me, I'm shaking, and I said, God, help us to help ourselves, amen. <laughs> and my friends are like laughing at me. <laughs> But something clicked in my heart, and I was a bit embarrassed, but I said, you know what? There's something to this thing called prayer, and I'm going to find out what it is. And I started praying. I started praying every night. I started diving into this thing called prayer. And so we need to understand that prayer is, is a very important aspect of our life. I would encourage you to develop something called a prayer culture. Prayer culture is, is we have an ongoing relationship and dialogue with the Lord throughout our day. We are in a place where we're always connected with him. You know, I was, I was working a job one time and I figured out that it, it took me four minutes to get from my car to where I needed to work. And I was going to take advantage of those four minutes and talk to Jesus. How many of us can think of time throughout our day when we have just time? And we can, whether you're driving or whatever you're doing, you have time to, to be connected with, with the Lord. You know, John Wesley was telling the story of his mom, who was a mother of 12. Anybody here like, oh my. And she couldn't get time with the Lord, so she'd take her apron and drape it over her head and pray. And the kids knew, so the mom's got the apron over her head. Don't bother her, okay? Her and Jesus is in there, man. Don't bother her, okay? And so, so develop a prayer culture. In Philippians 4, 6, and 7, this is what it says. Don't worry about anything. Anybody need help in that area? That really worries me that you'd raise your hand like that. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Amen. That's what prayer culture is, is just praying about everything. You're in a dialogue about, you're on your way into a meeting. You're asking God to help you and give you strength and wisdom. and all. You're, you're connecting with this person, that person. You're, you're in that dialogue with the Lord all day long. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace. Anybody need some of that today? God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Wow. You know, the Apostle Paul even took it to another notch. He said, he said pray without ceasing. Well, pray without ceasing. Yeah, have that dialogue throughout the day. Just, just have that connection with Jesus because he wants to have that connection with you. I'm going to give you some, some quotes on prayer that will help illustrate how important and how essential this thing is. Here's a lady named Corey Tenboom. Anybody ever heard of her? She lived through the Nazi concentration camps and just an amazing woman. Uh, the hiding place was her, her story. But uh, she said this about prayer. When a Christian shuns fellowship with other Christians, the devil smiles. 
When he stops studying his Bible, the devil laughs. When he stops praying, the devil shouts for joy. Do you see how important this thing prayer is? Wow. Here's another one, guy, a guy named John Wesley again. God does nothing but in answer to prayer. What? In other words, everything God's going to do on earth is connected to us, praying to him, asking him, and then he will move. It says in, in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, if my people who are called by name will humble themselves and pray. The whole, the whole verse there starts with the word if. He wants us to, to understand how important this thing is that we call prayer. You know, we tend to value, we tend to make time for the things that we value. Is that right? You know, I have guys that oh, I just I just couldn't pray in the mornings, you know, because I work and I do this. But then Saturday morning, they're up at like 4 a.m. to go do something they love. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. We tend to make time for what we value. Let's begin to value this thing called prayer, and we'll find that we're, oh, I have time for it all of a sudden. Is that right? Okay. A lot of times it's best to set a time. We have our time through the day, but we, ought, we also want to set a time in the morning, especially just dedicated, intentional time with the Lord. Very, very important. It says in Psalm 5.3, My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you and I will look up. Now what I do is I go out and I, I pray every, every morning. Sometimes there's crazy stuff going on and I don't get a chance, but most every day. And I go out and hike and trails. Bruce, you with me on this, bro? Hike and trails and pray. I got my walking stick and I try to go where there's no people around because sometimes I can just get a little demonstrative, especially in this thing we call intercession. Intercession really is, what I call it is focused prayer for others. You never intercede for yourself. It's always for someone else. I don't ever say, Lord, help Mike. He really needs it. Now, that's not intercession. That's maybe some other kind of prayer. But well, especially when I'm praying, like I'm praying for the city of Eugene or something, I'll be out on the hiking trail and I go, God, I'm asking you to come and move in the city of Eugene. And then I, I all of a sudden realize there's someone there. So, Jesus, and I go, hey, how you doing? Morning. Hi. God, I just ask you to come. And so, so set aside a time to pray every day. Maybe the thing on work, kneeling by the bed works for you. Bless you in Jesus' name. I go from visions to dreams pretty quickly in that scenario, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. I've got to be up, I get the cold air going on, and so whatever works for you, but have a dedicated time every day, that's very important. The next point I want to give you about how we can change our mind and change, think differently about prayer is this. You need to understand that your voice is heard in heaven. My voice? Yes, your voice is heard in heaven. This is what it said in, says in Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. And he said, don't be afraid. This is the angel talking. Don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourselves before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I came in answer to your prayer. This is like Gabriel the archangel saying this. Oh, yeah, well, you know, Mike, that's, that's fine. He's a prophet after all. Daniel's an Old Testament prophet. Yeah, he's, you know, he's an important person. He's an important person in the body of Christ. I'm just an ordinary Joe. I don't mean anything. I'm just an ordinary guy. Anybody ordinary people in the room? All of us. 
But I want to challenge you because a lot of times what we, we do is we think less of ourselves and we don't think we're important. But you actually, in reality, are a son and daughter of the King of Kings with royal blood flowing through your veins. You have just as much right to be heard in the courts of heaven as any angel out there, including Michael and Gabriel, which I love. These guys are awesome. But you are important to him. You have value to him. And when you pray, he listens. Your voice is heard in heaven. Wow, he is a good, good father who loves you. A lot of times we tend to have this little question mark about how God loves me because we connected to how well we're performing. I love the guy, Philip Yancey. He said, you know, there's nothing you can do to cause God to love you anymore. And there's nothing you can do to cause God to love you any less. He just loves you. Really? Yeah. And so we, have, we understand that as we pray, it's not that there's this you know, brass thing on the ceiling that we can't get through. No, our prayers are going to heaven and they are, there's battalions of angels we're ready to, to move on assignment in response to your prayer. Wow. So let's begin to think about it differently. Let's begin to value it differently. Can we do that? Your voice is heard in heaven. I'm going to tell you a story about this when I was in Scotland, I was preaching on a, on a Saturday night healing service. And, and uh, one of the things my wife Darwin and I are really all about, it's one of the reasons we're at the University of Oregon campus, or, is that we love young adults. If you're a young adult here today, my wife and I just think you're amazing. I actually had people my age come to me and says, so why do you hang out with those people? <laughs> like there's something wrong with them. And I'm thinking... What are you talking about? Why don't you hang up? They're amazing people. So we're all about young adults. So every time we're in a new place, I'm always looking for the young adults to try to connect with. And so after the message, they invited a bunch of people to come up to prayer for healing. And, and there's these two, two, there's a guy and a girl in the back. She's about 20 and he's about 22 or something. So I just head back there. And go, hey, you guys, how you doing? My name's Mike. And I said to the guy, so did you get some prayer for healing? He goes, yeah, I got prayer for my shoulder or whatever. Then I said to this girl, says, so what did you get prayer for? And she looks at me and goes, I don't want to tell you. <laughs> and so I go, oh, something's going on. So I walk around, sit next to her, and I go, so what's, what's going on? She starts to cry. And she goes, well, I just think that I've messed up so much that there's no possible way that God could love me. And I go, oh, well, you, that's totally not true. He loves you. And then I had this idea, and I thought I'd run with it. I said, you do know that we serve the God of like a million second chances, don't you? So have you started on your second million yet? And I saw her countenance change as the love of God began to penetrate her heart and her spirit, and the revelation of how much God loved her began to become a realization to her. And she went... And began to shake. And for the next 10 minutes, I just told her how much God loved her. I said, do you know God loves you so much? He comes into your room at night. He stands by your bed and he strokes your hair and sings songs over you. That's for her, but that's also for you. Well, God, I'm nobody special. He says you're special. But God, I'm just, I made mistakes. Yeah, he knows all about that and he loves you. So we need to begin to understand God loves us and our voice is heard in heaven. We begin to understand how that, that God wants to embrace us and bring us into these things. And the final thing I want to give you today 
is you need to understand the number one reason God wants us to pray is what we call intimacy. Intimacy, closeness, going beyond surface level, going beyond just, hi, how you doing? How's the weather? What's going on? But deep relationship, where not only he hears your voice, but you hear his voice. Wow, that's his desire for us. It's not just so we can get things done on planet Earth. Pray about this so God can move. That's, that's all in very important. Intercession is a very important thing. But it's really all about intimacy. It's the God of the universe who is a good, good father wants to know you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to be connected with you. I think if you ask the 12 apostles what the highlight of their time, the three, three years they were with Jesus what the highlight of that time would be. They wouldn't say, oh, because of the miracles and watching him raise the dead. You know what they would say? The highlight of my time was that I got to spend time with him. I got to be in relationship with him. I got to hear his heart and know him. And he offers that to each of us today. It's the door is wide open, people. There is no stopping He is reaching out to you today and says, would you come into relationship with me? Will you come into this knowing? Hallelujah. One thing that God wants you to understand, that he loves you. I want to tell you one one story that really impacted my life is actually a vision that I had. Are you okay, okay with visions? They are in the Bible. Okay. You know, this whole thing about prayer was so important that Jesus, what he would do is he would stay up all night to move in the power of the Spirit the next day. Did you know that? Because he loves people, and he's willing to even do without sleep to connect with people. I had this vision that I was, I was there, and the Lord came to me, and he has these two horses, and I'm going, wow, the horses, what's that all about? And he goes, hey, I want you to go ride with me. And I went, okay, so I'm in this vision with Jesus, and we're riding horses together. I mean, how cool is that, right? So I'm going along, and I'm looking at him, and he's looking at me, and he's, his face is just beaming. And, he, and it was like, isn't this fun? I went, this is. <laughs> and he stops the horses, and he gets off the horse, and he goes, come here. And he grabs me up in this huge hug that lasts like five minutes. And he's holding me. And as he's holding me, he, all he keeps saying over and over and over again is, isn't it just great to be together? Isn't it just great to be together? And if everything I could say about prayer today that you need to know more than anything else is that Jesus wants to have a relationship with you where he says to you, you personally, isn't it just great to be together? Because everything in the Christian life is never to be designed to done apart from him. Whatever your ministry, whatever your calling, you are called to do it side by side with him. Holy Spirit living within you, Jesus there encouraging you, Father loving you in relationship, in intimacy. Wow. So God wants us to to step into this understanding, maybe think about prayer a little differently. I want to give you this one challenge this morning. Are you willing to go to the next level in your commitment to prayer.